Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. For all the super wine geeks out there, we have a special new series dedicated to you. We are reading excerpts from our new edition of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Wine lovers, tune in for your weekly fix only on Italian Wine Podcast. If you want to own a copy of this new must-read Italian wine textbook, just go to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Lombardy. Lombardia. Historical background. A long history accompanies the grapevine in this region. Its earliest traces can be found on the southern shores of Lake Garda, whose human habitation dates back to the late Neolithic period, as evidenced by the archaeological remains found in pie dwelling settlements of Rivarolo Mantovano, 3980 BC, and Vallejo Surmincio, 1100 BC. In the morainic circle of the lake at Bande di Cavriana, Mantua, traces of early agricultural activity, late Bronze Age, and the presence of numerous wild grape seeds have been found, indicating the existence of a prehistoric viticulture. Other finds dating back to the Iron Age include vitis vinifera seeds, which show that wine production predates the arrival of the Romans in Lombardy around the 2nd century BC with the occupation of the territories north of the Po River and Cisalpine Gaul at the end of the Second Punic War. It may seem paradoxical, but in this period, the Po Valley exported wine to Greece, as shown by the findings of flat-bottom Gallic amphorae. At the time when the first paleobotanical evidence of cultivated vines appears in Lombardy, the Po River region was inhabited to the east by the Paleo-Venetians to the center and west by the Insurians, and to the northeast by the Reti. The encounter between the Etruscans on the part of the Insurians and Celts sparked the spread of vine cultivation throughout the territory, strengthened by the fact that they were the first to have encountered those cultures which had greater knowledge of viticulture and a greater ability to transform grapes into wine. This cultural contagion produced the first results in Valtellina, in the Oltrepopavese, in Lake Garda, and above all in Mantua area, as demonstrated by the discovery of cups containing grape seeds in the Forcello tombs in Bagnolo San Vito. This exchange of wine between populations marks the first step towards commercialization rather than simple scent consumption. To give a quantitative dimension to the importance of wine growing to the region's economy in the Middle Ages, it is sufficient to quote some data from Bonsevin de la Riva, an Italian writer and poet who lived between 1240 and 1315. In the mid-13th century, he documented the production of over 60,000 carts of wine from the Contado di Milano, quote, many vineyards produced many wines of various kinds, both sweet and sour, wines that were healthy, tasty, usually clear in color, 
whether white or red. Other historical references concern Valtellina and date back to the first millennium, when the introduction of the vine developed not only a specific vine growing technique called Archetto Valtellinese, but also that ingenious terracing project that still adorns the Ratian shore today and which seems to have been first developed by the Ligurians. The first documented source of vine cultivation in Valtellina, contained in the Codex Diplomaticus Longobardiae, dates back to the 9th century to December 18, 837 to be precise. Within a few centuries, the region's wine was being exported both towards Switzerland, with the agreement made between the local producers and the Grisons, and to Germany, coinciding with the opening of a reliable trade route along several mountain passes. The name Franciacorta is mentioned as early as 1277 in the municipal statue of Brescia to indicate a territory west of the city. Debate among historians about the etymology of the name is still ongoing, but one of the most accredited theories is that it goes back to the Corti Franche, the territories in the area that, under the leadership of the Benedictines in the Middle Ages, obtained tax exemption on products traded due to difficult and costly land reclamation work undertaken in the area. The presence of viticulture in this area is much older. In fact, there are various testimonies on the agricultural and viticultural practices left behind by the Ration tribes, the Ligurians, the Senomani Gauls, the Romans, and the Lombards. Franciacorta also inspired one of the world's first books on naturally bottle-fermented winemaking techniques and their effects on human body. In 1570, the physician Girolamo Conforti published Libellus de Vino Mordaci, in which he described fermented wines, lessening their effects on health, highlighting the considerable diffusion and wide consumption at the time, and defining them as mordaci, that is, vivacious and sparkling. For Conforti, who, by the way, had an in-depth knowledge of French analogy, Franciacorta wines became bubblier during the winter period, only to fade and mellow during the summer months. The most important evidence of Lombard viticulture dates back to the period between the Middle Ages and the Renaissance, and refers to the presence of vineyards within the city walls or in the immediate vicinity of cities. One of these vineyards became famous because it was owned and cared by four Leonardo da Vinci. It was a vineyard that was given to him in 1498 by Ludovico il Moro, together with his residence in the Casa degli Antellani, opposite to the church of Santa Maria delle Grazie, where he was painting the Last Supper. A vineyard some 59 meters wide and 175 meters long, he rested here at the end of the day and eventually produced a much-valued wine. When he died in 1519 in Amboise-Pons, he ordered his vineyard to be divided into two equal plots, one bequeathed to Giambattista Villano, his servant, and the other for his favorite pupil, Gian Giacomo Caprotti, known as Salai. Another important tile in the Lombard wine mosaic concerns the Oltrepo Pavese. The first evidence of vine cultivation in these territories is around the city of Pavia, and in the foothills of the Oltrepo Pavese in Casteggio, the Roman Clastidium, a strategic crossroads for trade between the seaports and the Po Valley. Like every borderland, it has seen clashes and wars in different historical contexts, all of which have left signs still clearly visible 
in the numerous castles, towers, and military outposts of the region. A wide growing area shaped like a bunch of grapes, as local writer Gianni Barrero noted, were important international grape varieties including Chardonnay, Pinot Bianco, Pinot Grigio, and Pinot Noir have settled. This hilly strip that runs from Piedmont to Emilia includes a vineyard surface area that has no equal in Italy and is second in Europe only to Burgundy. The Pinot Noir grape variety was also crucial to the development of sparkling wine production in the region. In 1870, engineer Domenico Mazza claimed the first registered production of Pinot Noir Metodo Classico, a wine that declared Champagne di Codevilla in its label. Thus began an activity that, thanks to figures such as Count Carlo Giorgi Vistarino, Carlo Gancia, the aforementioned Mazza, and a few decades later, Pietro Riccadonna, Angelo Ballabio, Mario Odero, and Raffaello Sermagiotto, allowed this territory and the entire region to find resonance and distribution channels that crossed national borders, soon reaching as far as New York. Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. Geomorphology. Lombardy is a region in the northwest of Italy that borders Piedmont to the west, Emilia-Romagna to the south, Veneto and Trentino Alto Adige to the east, and Switzerland to the north. It is the biggest Italian region in terms of population, the second in terms of density, and the fourth in terms of surface area, divided between 47% plain, almost all the Po Valley in the southern part of the region, 40% mountainous area along the northern reach of the Rhetian Alps on the border with Switzerland, and 12% hilly area. It shouldn't be forgotten that Lombardy is home to some of the largest lakes in Italy, Lake Maggiore, Lake Como, Lake Iseo, and to the east, on the border with Veneto, Lake Garda. These lakes originate from the quaternary glaciations during the Pleistocene and are bordered in the southernmost parts by well-developed moraine beds. The climate, moreover, although set in a semi-continental context, is extremely varied due to both the alpine and hilly orography and the mitigating influence of the insubic lakes. There are also numerous watercourses with their tributaries, including the Po, Adda, Mincio, Ticino, Chiese, Lambro, and Olona rivers. The first viticultural areas one encounters are to the south of the Pre-Alps in the provinces of Bergamo, Brescia, and Mantua, near the Morainic amphitheaters of Lakes Garda and Iseo. To the north, surrounded by the mountains, is the heroic viticultural of Valtellina, while to the south, just before the line of the Apennines, we find San Colombano and Oltre Popavese, the largest wine-growing area in Lombardy, occupying an area of about 15,000 hectares, all in the province of Pavia. The most important wine-growing area, however, is the one around Brescia, the renowned Franciacorta, bordered to the west by the river Oglio, that forms the border with the Bergamo area 
and to the south by the isolated hills of Montorfano. From a geological point of view, it is an area made up of conglomerates of an ancient submarine cone, while the hills are formed partly by the Mesozoic reliefs and partly by glacial deposits in the morainic amphitheater of Lake Iseo, consisting of abundant rocky debris immersed in a silty sandy matrix that ensures good drainage. Franciacorta enjoys a microclimate that is decisively favorable for wine growing, although it is necessary to make distinctions between the different regimes by virtue of the proximity of its parts to the lake. The most proximal part enjoys a sub-littoral Paduan climate, while moving westwards, the character of the Po Valley and the Alpine Plain becomes more significant. Franciacorta due to its extension from east to west and its position on the foothills, is located precisely in a transition zone between the two climatic regions. Another wine-growing area worth mentioning is Valtellina, located in the northern part of Lombardy in the province of Sondrio, between the Arabic Alps and the Ration Alps, and traversed almost entirely by the river Adda. It has a climate that can be classified as endo-alpine and, due to its transverse valley layout from east to west, has rather little rainfall. The vineyards are located on the south-facing slope in an altitude band that extends from 300 to 700 meters above sea level. It is an area characterized by terraces and alluvial and glacial conoids with medium-deep soils and a rocky substratum of metamorphic origin, schist and gneiss, with a sandy loam texture and abundant coarse particles. The mid-slope area between 70 and 120 meters above sea level, on the other hand, has medium-deep soils with rich coarse particles, represented by a morpho landscape escarpment characterized by gentle slopes and is formed from a pedological point of view by colluvial deposits from areas carved into the rocky substrate and debris deposits. The Otrepo Pavese lies within the Po Valley Basin, bordered by two mountain ranges, the Alpine and Apennine, and is part of the hilly strip that runs from Piedmont to Emilia. The first hills originate from the most recent tertiary period the Pliocene, while the intermediate hills originate from the Miocene, the geological phase most significant to viticulture, and those in the upper and eastern part from the Eocene, the oldest geological formation. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.